Trading at Schwab is now powered by Ameritrade, giving you even more specialized support than ever before. Like access to the Trade Desk, our team of passionate traders ready to tackle anything from the most complex trading questions to a simple strategy gut check. Need assistance? No problem. Get 24-7 professional answers and live help and access support by phone, email, and in-platform chat. That's how Schwab is here for you, to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com trading. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just a show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes. My co-host, Pim Fox, is on assignment this afternoon. You know, in the private equity People start getting involved in an industry. It's got to be big and getting bigger. We're going to be speaking to Adam Bierman. He's co-founder and CEO of MedMen, a private equity firm that is investing in the cannabis industry and uh, advising and consulting potential investors in that industry as well. Now let's go to Charlie Pellet. He is in the newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you very much, Kathleen Hayes. I'm looking at green on the screen and the S&P 500 index that is on track for a 10-month high. Stocks are rallying as Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen signals the economy is still strengthening enough to withstand gradual increases in borrowing costs despite recent signs of slower job growth. Her speech in Philadelphia carried live right here on Bloomberg Radio. Well, the economy has made great strides toward the FOMC's objective of maximum employment. Somewhat less progress is made toward our inflation objective. Inflation has run persistently below the Fed's goal of 2% over the past several years, even as the labor market strengthened significantly. And the Fed chair said positive forces supporting job growth and higher inflation will still probably outweigh negative developments, calling additional gradual rate increases appropriate without specifying their precise timing. S&P 500 index up 13 points at 2112, a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ is up 36 points, also a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials up 130 eight points, a gain of eight tenths of one percent. Brexit is back. Investors from Australia to Thailand ducking for cover. The pound tumbled. Currency volatility surged after two polls showed more Britons favor a vote to leave the EU at a June 23rd referendum than those who want to stay. Tenure down 7.30 seconds yield there, 1.72%. Gold up 4.50 the ounce to 12.47, a gain of four-tenths of 1%. Crude now up 2.2%, 49.67 a barrel. 232 on Wall Street now. Look at other news from around the world. 
Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey in Asensio. This news update is brought to you by Elbow Beach, Bermuda, an oceanfront enclave of classic style and contemporary luxury. 50 acres of lush gardens and a private ribbon of pink sand beach. Go to elbowbeachbermuda.com for more details. Forecasters say threatening rains could cause serious flooding across the coast of Florida. Here's Governor Rick Scott. I just declared a state of emergency in 34 counties that looks like they'll get the brunt of Tropical Storm uh, Colin. This storm is just the latest in a series of severe weather events across the country, from record-breaking heat in the West and historic flooding in Texas. 2015 was a violent year in Milwaukee. Authorities say there were 145 homicides in the city last year alone. That's up from 86 the year before. Speaking in Milwaukee, Police Chief Ed Flynn blames a spike on more lenient gun laws. Since it's been significantly easier to uh, procure firearms and sell them without background checks, we've had increases in gun-related homicides, increases in non-fatal shootings, increases in gun seizures, and increases in the percentage of gun seized that are... Uh, crime guns. Officials say there were 635 non-fatal shootings. And there's an increasing probability of stolen cars ending up in California. That's according to a report by the National Insurance Crime Bureau. A new report which analyzed the number of thefts per population says the Golden State is home to eight of the top ten U.S. hotspots for stolen vehicles in the country. That's higher than the New York and Washington regions where people rely more on mass transit. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Rainey Innocencio. Charlie. And we thank you. And again, recapping, S&P 500 index heading for a 10-month high. And now at 2112, a gain of six-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. As voters in more and more states embrace legalized marijuana sales, this industry is going from a small sort of uh, curiosity to something that looks like a booming market that is here to stay. Uh, in fact, a study put out earlier this year suggests that, that the industry could grow to something like $6.7 billion this year in total sales. Someone who's not waiting to find out if it's here to stay or not, someone who's been in this business now since 2007, is Adam Bierman. He's co-founder and CEO of MedMen, and he joins us in Los Angeles. Adam, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So first of all, tell us about MedMen, private equity in cannabis. <laughs> sounds sounds bizarre, doesn't it? It's been, uh, it's been, it's been quite a road to get here, but, um, that, that is where we are. So MedMen actually started off as a management company. So we provide management services, not unlike those that are provided in hospitality or gaming. Um, and then as of the beginning of this year, uh, we started our private equity fund. So, uh, very analogous to hospitality, the fund makes investments, uh, in the space and the management company then operates those investments. So, uh, how did you get into this uh, industry? <laughs> Fell into it. Uh, you know, we I live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is the epicenter for, you know, the commercial, the legal commercialization of cannabis in, in the U.S. and North America, for that matter. And um, we've had uh, legal 
marijuana here since 1996, and uh, I was running a branding design and construction company in the late 2000s, and I got a phone call from a lady who ran a uh, was running a medical marijuana dispensary um, in Hollywood, and she wanted to hire that company to do work for her, and by the time I was done with that meeting, uh, I knew that I had to figure out how to enter this space. So that's actually how I got interest, introduced to the space, and um, back then there was really there most certainly was nobody on Bloomberg Radio talking about um, the the industry, uh, but there was really there were really little little to no activity. Most certainly no institutional mm-hmm. involvement. Um, but you know we 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 saw we we had an understanding that there was a lot of momentum that was building, and that this would be you know what it is now becoming. And it, the way that we would take advantage of that was to be first movers and really get in and understand. And, and so we did. So I think a lot of people it's it's a it's a, or a complicated world because states can legalize you know. The, the recreational use, uh, med, you know, medical use. Federal laws, though, still have not, don't seem to be quite in sync, and that makes it a problem, does it, for companies that want to scale up? You know, they really do want to invest in big production of marijuana, shipping of marijuana, storage of marijuana. Yes, and I think, you know, for us, uh, problems and, and roadblocks are opportunities, but nonetheless, those those do exist. I mean, the biggest thing that exists is, you know, each state is its own island. Um, and because of the fact that this is still scheduled the way it is and because of all the um, federal illegality, there is no crossing state lines. And because of that, um, you know, you talk about scaling up. You can't scale up in that traditional sense and gain those economies of scale, most specifically as an operator. Um, if you have a license in New York, for example, um, you can't go ahead and produce, you know, medical marijuana and ship it to Pennsylvania. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is, I guess, on one hand, an impediment. On the other hand, it's an opportunity, right? There's, we are a very, very quickly evolving industry. The laws, the regulations, everything is evolving alongside, you know, the, um, the industry itself. So everything's evolving all at once from regulatory all the way to access to institutional finance and, you know, and capital. Um, all that's evolving kind of contemporaneously um, and as that happens you know there's a there is some confusion there's mm-hmm. a ser- serious learning curve sure. um, and we we actually we use a more positive spin we call it informational arbitrage okay. so, so that's, uh, that's how we like to look at it the uh, your fund right the first mm-hmm. nine figure fund that directly invests in the cannabis industry this is very interesting because it, as the industry gets bigger and if it's growing there's could be a lot of institutional investors, I would think, at some point, and when the industry is large enough, would like to put some money in. And then, of course, the people who think, hey, this is a great business opportunity. How does this fund work? What it, tell us about it. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you, you are right. Uh, the institutional players, they want to be in this industry. I mean, I've been taking those meetings uh, on my trips to New York now for the last couple of years. And in the last, you know, couple of months, um, the speed at which, the velocity at which that, that interest is growing is just, you know, tremendous and significant. There are very large, you know, AUM funds, 5, 10, 20, 50 billion dollar AUM funds that I know because I've been having the meetings that have had, you know, LPs say, hey, we want you to go ahead and figure out how to invest into uh, this industry, you know, they're working on carve-outs, they're working on vice funds, they're working on that. They don't move as swiftly as, for example, family offices can move when they're investing their own dollars. Um, and so there is that that information, you know, we talk, we have the information arbitrage. They're trying to get smart on it. They're trying to figure it out, and then they're trying to be able to put themselves in a position to be able to invest in the space. And so for us, we've been in this industry for a while. We understand the nuances from a regulatory perspective, from an operational perspective. We actually believe that the biggest risk in 
investing in the space is operational risk at this point in time. Um, and because that is our background and we have a commanding understanding of that, we have the management company, we're uniquely positioned to really take capital, deploy capital directly into the space, you know, be able to get tech-like upside. Uh... All right. Adam Bierman, thank you so very much. Co-founder and CEO of MedMen. They are a cannabis private equity firm based in Los Angeles. Just a quick programming note. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Taking Stock, broadcasting live at Pershing's Insight 2016 conference in Orlando. This is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Benzel Bush Motor Car in Englewood, New Jersey, offering commitment to service, luxury, and value with total transparency from America's premier automotive dealership. Define the way you drive at BenzelBush.com. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.